0: Oh, man. Thanks so much, Suze. Hey, guys. How's it going? Are you guys feeling all right? Oh, these guys are feeling all right. Awesome. Oh, yes. We've still got a little bit of energy left, don't we? And I was chatting to somebody yesterday, and I'm not being funny. I reckon if I could go home, sleep, and have a shower, and then come back for about a week, I could live at DTI. Anyone else? Yeah, we could live at DTI. Let's just build houses on the field. Let's just stay here forever. But sadly, we've got to go home. It's a little bit sad, I know. But there is just one more super, super important thing that we need to think about before we can even think about going home. Um, But before we delve into that, um, it's probably worth you guys knowing a little bit about me since, you know, we're talking about being known, and and I know some of you, but I don't know all of you, and you guys don't really know me. Um, So yeah, like Sue said, I'm getting married to Mr. Wipeout himself, Hines the Beansman. I know in about three and a half weeks I'll be known as Amy Wipeout from that moment on for the rest of my life. Did anyone else notice that the two most important things in his life were food and Instagram? I know. Pray for me, guys. Pray for me. Um, but anyway, something else that is worth knowing about me is that I'm actually from a place called Newcastle. Has anyone ever been that far north? Yeah. Other than maybe the guys in Falkirk. And um, I know, you might look at me and you might be like, mate, you don't sound like Anton Deck. Like, what's going on? Um, but if I, if I were to say something like roller Coaster or cheeky monkey then uh, it kind of slips in there a little bit and you might get the right impression. Um, so yeah, um, a little bit more about me, I love to hang out with my mates, I'm actually really sick at tap dancing, I know, it's, it's great, but, um, but something I really don't enjoy, something I actually really find quite annoying is cooking. I don't know if anyone else is with me on that one, I really, I, re- I know. It's rubbish. I really hate cooking. Some people are like Mary Berry and they flipping love it, but I just can't stand it. And and, and basically, guys, I am so bad at cooking, I can't even really make gravy. I know, I know. Can I make toast? Sometimes it usually gets burned. But um, if, you're, if you're like me, you might, not, you, you might not even know how to make gravy because you're that rubbish at kicking. And you just put the granules in like a little jug or something and then you pour in some hot water and you mix it up with like a little fork. And um, and it sounds really simple, but I just can't do it. There's like a running joke. No one asks me to cook anymore because they know I can't even make gravy. It looks like some kind of weird, like gravy lollipop, because all the granules just stick to the fork. And nobody wants to eat that because that would actually be pretty disgusting, right? Like that would not, that would not be good. But um don't, don't worry, I'm not, I've not been here doing anything to do with your food. This weekend, praise the Lord. Um, I've just been here hanging out with our youth and um, <laughs> our youth. And, um and also Susie just asked me um, if I would speak to you guys this morning about what it looks like to make Jesus known to make him known. Susie talked to us um, on on Saturday morning about um, being known by the living God and what that means for us. And then Aaron talked to us about being a known generation and how we need to step up into that. And then Zeke, he told us and he encouraged us that actually we all have gifts in our hands that we can use to be people that are known for those amazing, amazing gifts. And those things are amazing and we've learned so much, but guys, what's super-deeper important and we need to really remember this morning is that we can't just learn those things. We can't just take them in for ourselves. We absolutely have to go back to our towns, our cities, our villages, our schools, our environments, and we need to take that with us, and we need to go and make Jesus known. So if you've got a Bible, um, or like a phone Bible, a little U YouVision, um, you might want to get that Bible out. This, sadly, is not my Bible, because I forgot it, but it's Heinz's. And um, so I borrowed it, and, uh, and you might want to turn, you might want to turn, you definitely want to turn, to Matthew chapter 5. So that's like right at the start of the New Testament, which is the second half of the Bible. And there's loads in this book about Jesus, and the bit that we're going to look at is um, a bit where Jesus is actually doing a bit of a talk to all of his followers, all the people that follow him. And, uh, and one of the things that he says in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16, is this. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Now we're just going to stop there for a moment. We'll go on to the next bit in a little while. But guys, who here, who here loves chips? Right, me too. And um, and uh, and I, I just want to do like a little bit of a quick survey, which I hope, which I hope is acceptable, guys. If you were to go and buy yourselves a nice regular portion of chips, who here would take themselves to Burger King? Ooh, there's a few of you. Okay, okay. Now who here would take themselves to the golden arches of McDonald's? Exactly, exactly. Now, Or you might go to the chip shop. But anyway, anyway, anyway. I think Noah's got my point. Guys, if you're going to get yourself a portion of chips, you're going to get them. Oh, I got his name wrong. You're going to get them from the place that makes them with the most amount of salt, and that is 100% McDonald's. That's why their chips taste so good. And it's that thing, isn't it? It's the salt. Guys, it's the salt that brings that flavour, that makes it taste so delicious. And um, while I was preparing for this talk, I was doing a little bit of research into salt, um, which sounds super interesting and exciting. But actually, I found out some pretty cool things. Um, So one thing that I found out is that other than being used for flavour, salt used to be used to, like, exchange for goods and stuff. So it was like used as kind of like money. So you could go into a shop and you could be like, here's a bag of salt, and you could buy yourself some stuff. Um, Don't go home and do that because that might be a bit weird and the shopkeeper might think you're being a bit cheeky. But, um, But you could do that. You used to be able to do that. Or it was used as a disinfectant. Like if you were sick or wounded, somebody would use some salt to help heal you. And uh, could you imagine if you got injured yesterday in the football competition and somebody wheeled you over to the dining hall, just started pouring salt all over you. It would be a little bit weird. You'd be like, mate, I'll take a plaster, thanks. But, um, but it is something that was used as a disinfectant. And then another thing that I find found out is that it's used to like preserve stuff. So Jesus didn't really have a fridge for his fish and loaves. So I imagine he probably used some salt or people used some salt to kind of keep that stuff um, fresh and going. And so actually, guys, when we think about it, when we think about what Jesus is saying here, he says, yes, be full of flavor. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. Like, what is that flavor? What what are we actually supposed to bring? But, But actually, what's so important to realize now Is that what Jesus is saying? Is you are a very, very important tool and a very important resource. Salt was used for so many incredible things. And guys, so are you. The Bible says something about um, treasure being kept in jars of clay, and that's you and me. If you know Jesus, He is inside of you, He is that treasure. You're that jar of clay. And he wants to bring that flavour to the world through you. He wants to use you as that very important tool. He says we're very, very valuable. Now, guys, I told you that I'm not, I'm not much of a cook. Um, but one thing that I do really enjoy is is Eating. You know, me and Heinz, that's what we have in common. We like food. And um, and one of my favorite kind of foods is stuff that's like super duper spicy. Right? Anyone with me? Yes. These guys love the spice. I love a good spicy food. And so when I was in sixth form around about the same age as some of you guys, um, I went across to Mexico and um, I'm not being funny, right? The food there is so good. Old El Paso just needs to like hang up his apron because it is cracking. And, um, and so I'm over there, I'm eating this amazing food. And one, one day we went to this family's house. And they cooked us this delicious meal, so I'm talking chicken, tortillas, there's like some guacamole kind of going on over there, it's like cracking, So those are beans, you can just imagine it, right? And, um, and so we're eating this meal, and right in the middle of the table is this bowl of jalapenos, spicy jalapenos. And so what I noticed was that all of my friends were just kind of taking these big peppers and just like eating them whole, just like eating them, eating them, eating them. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm the kind of person that has, that asks for extra jalapenos on my subway sub, right? So I was like, I can deal with this. I can totally eat this. So I'm I'm just going to grab myself one. So I take a big pepper from the middle of the bowl and I probably eat like half of it. In one go, and um, guys, it it is probably one of the biggest mistakes of my entire life. It was horrific. I was in so much pain. I think that I've still lost some taste buds from that time. Like I don't know if they grow back, but I don't think they have. Like it really, really hurt my mouth. I was in so much pain, and I can still remember that kind of like taste now because it was so spicy and. So, so hot. I will never eat jalapenos again. Um, But guys, like, that is the kind of flavor that Jesus is asking us to bring. Now, I'm not saying like a really, like, um, spicy and not very nice flavor. I want you to imagine your favorite food right now. You don't need to talk about it. Just think about it in your mind, right? Your favorite food. For me... My favourite food is banoffee pie. Oh, yes. Do you know what's really sad, guys? I'm dairy intolerant, so I can't even eat it. Yeah, I know, it's really sad, but it used to be my favourite. Anyway, um, and, and, and just imagine, like, the sweetness of the bananas, the richness of the caramel, and that thick, sugary whipped cream that sits on top. I know it's nearly lunchtime, it's okay. But um, like just imagine if that kind of amazing flavor was to just follow you around wherever you went. That wherever you went, people experienced that kind of sweetness, that kind of goodness, that kind of amazing flavor that they just can't get enough of. See, guys, Jesus is talking about salt here in this example. And the thing about salt is that you only need a little bit of it to to make a big amount of flavor. It's so distinctive. It brings something that is undeniable, that it's salt. And that, guys, is exactly what Jesus was like. He was that kind of person. He was distinctive. He went against the grain, kind of like Aaron was talking about yesterday morning. And guys, I think when Jesus is telling us to be the salt of the earth here, what he is actually telling us is to kind of live in the kind of way that he did. Because you see, if we, if we think about Jesus and the kind of person that he was, he was a man who went and welcomed prostitutes. He went and he had dinner with the tax collectors who had cheated people out of their money. He spent time with the poor. He cared for the widow and the orphan. He lived his life in such a way that people who were broken and hurting and in pain flocked towards him because they couldn't get enough. They saw something in him that was so different and distinctive to the world around them that they had to have a bit of a taste of it. And that's what Jesus wants us to be like going around in our day-to-day lives, just sprinkling little bits of salt, sprinkling little bits of Jesus into our lives and into our situations. And that's what will stop and make people pay a bit of attention. Now guys, some of you have been following Jesus for, for ages and ages, some of you will be quite new, some of you might have given your lives to Jesus this very weekend, which is super, super exciting. And and for me, I've been in church for my entire life. But when I was about 17 or 18 years old, I had an encounter with Jesus that revolutionized my relationship with him, that changed everything in my life. I fully understood that kind of thing, that I was fully known and fully loved. And that was the moment that I got it, that I actually got it. And so from that moment on, I went away to uni in Nottingham and, uh, ooh, Nottingham, and, uh, and um, yeah, and, and my relationship with Jesus, like, it was up and down, but, but I, I kind of started to see it grow. I started to see it change. I started to see it develop. And then I remember one day I was walking, I was walking home from a lecture with one of my mates who lived in halls with me, and she turned to me and she said, Amy... I've noticed something a little bit different about you, and I was like, "Oh goodness, this could be anything." And um, and she was like, "Yeah, I kind of noticed that. If anyone anyone ever says like a negative thing against anybody else, you immediately jump in and you'll say something nice about that person or something positive." I just like, why why do you why do you do that? And to be honest with you guys, like I, I didn't even realise that it was a thing. Like I didn't even realise that I was actually doing that. I didn't know that that was part of, of what I was doing. But guys, what's amazing is that actually it was just Jesus in me working through me. And so it was awesome because in that very moment, I got the opportunity to kind of say to her, look, like it's not me, it's just, it's just Jesus. And actually, he's changed me in my heart. He's changed me as a person. And, and I got to explain that to her. See, guys, when we meet Jesus, when we fully, fully understand who he is and who he is calling us to be as his children, we just can't help but look like different people. As we heard Sue say on Friday, when we come to know Jesus, when we come to understand who he is, we know that we are fully known and fully loved. And because we know that and we understand that, we start to live out of a place of Jesus' love. And that might look like standing out when people are gossiping around you and just saying something nice about somebody else. Or, or it might be standing up for, for somebody who's maybe being bullied in your school. Or maybe it's just being the person in your friendship group who is always, always there for everybody else, not always thinking about yourself. Maybe it's not taking sides when your friends get into an argument, but actually becoming the person who is the peacemaker in the situation. Guys, that's what it means to be the salt of the earth, to be distinctive, to bring something different to what other people are bringing. And sometimes, that might be really hard. You might find that really difficult. I know, I know that I do sometimes. I know that it can feel really easy to like just go along with the crowd and so I'm not saying it's super easy. And actually, you know, when we read about Jesus, we read that there were so many people who just didn't agree with the way that he was living his life. They persecuted him for it. They, they called him names. They even killed him for it. They sent him to the cross but guys when he tells us that we're the salt of the earth it's because that is who we are and we can't help it we can't help but be distinctive but you know what like I said earlier salt is something that heals and in this broken world it needs us it needs us to be the salt of the earth. It needs us to come and heal it, to bring a remedy to it. And Jesus amazingly wants to use us to do that, to do that. And so if you are finding it hard, maybe, maybe you just need to look around to the people around you. And maybe you need to get some people around you to help you to be the salt of the earth. And something that was cool is, before DTI, so I had a bit of a conversation with my friend um, Liz. She's from Leeds Vineyard. And, uh, oh yeah, big up Leeds. And um, my friend Liz, and she was, she was telling me about some of the guys um, in, in her youth group. And she told me a story about um, some girls that, that she knows, some young people. And they're from a bunch of different places. I think they're from like Harrogate and Hull and Leeds. And, uh, whoop, whoop. And, uh, and and basically, they, they met at, like, a load of different, like, youth things, and, um, and they kind of, like, became friends. But they were finding it really hard because they were the only Christians that they knew in their school. And so they kind of chatted about it, they got together about it, and, and what they decided to do was to, like, create, like, a little WhatsApp group between them. And guys, what they do is they text each other and they encourage each other. They text each other and pray for each other. They build each other up so that they can go into their schools and they can be the salt of the earth. They can be healing the brokenness. They can be bringing Jesus into those situations, their friends' lives. Guys, if you are the only Christian that you know in your school and you want to be the salt of the earth, then find yourself a bunch of guys to do it alongside you and build each other up. And encourage each other we are all the salt of the earth and we have an opportunity to really really make a massive massive difference in this world when we're out for a meal when we're hanging out with our friends there are so many opportunities for us to demonstrate Jesus's love just giving a little sprinkling of salt here and there until eventually the world will just be full of Jesus' flavour. So that's, that's the first thing it says in this, um, in this verse. And then the next thing Jesus says, if you want to grab your Bible again, it, um, he goes on to talk about this. He says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put put it under a basket or a bowl. But they put it on a stand and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Guys, what Jesus gives us is his light something to help guide us through the darkness, someone to show us where to step when we don't really know where to put our feet. And guys, it's one thing for us to be distinctive. Obviously, we talked about how we kind of need to be living in a slightly different way. It's one thing to be distinctive and full of God's flavor. But if we just keep ourselves to ourselves, we're not gonna be able to be Jesus' light in the world. We were designed to be distinctive, but we were also made to shine. Imagine if Jesus had been full of compassion and was only compassionate to his disciples, or um, if he had been so full of grace and love but chose not to die on a cross for us. Whenever we take the opportunity to shine our light for Jesus, we're giving somebody else the chance to receive that light for themselves. And so I, um, I've just got a couple of stories, so we're going we're gonna to finish soon, don't worry, there'll be lunch in a moment. Um, but I've just got a couple of stories to share with you guys. So the first one is that when I was thinking about being the light of the world, it reminded me of um, a friend of mine, her name is, is Molly, she used to be in my, um, my small group, I was her youth leader for quite a few years. And she went to uni last September. And, um, and I remember she told me this story once um, about something that happened in her school. And so um, she sent me it in her own words. So I'm just going to tell you what she said. She said, me and a friend set up a Christian union at school. And by the third week, we had about 12 people coming along regularly. One of these people, who was a really close friend of mine, started chatting to me in a lesson and told me about her sore back, which she'd been experiencing for quite a while. I stepped out and I offered to pray for her, which I did right in the middle of the classroom. How cool is that? And after praying for about a minute, she told me that the pain in her back had completely gone. So I explained about how God heals us because of the love he has for us. How amazing is that, to be taking Jesus into our classrooms and praying for our friends. Guys, I'm not being funny. Like I love Molly. She's amazing, but she's, she's just a normal human being. You could do that. You could be that light in your classroom. She also told me that um, on, on Saturday that a friend of hers that she's had since she was like eight years old, and um, she's been praying for her for years and she told her the other day that she wants to come to church with her because she feels like she's now ready to know Jesus. How amazing is that? We could do that, guys. We could be that. Another story that came from my friend Liz from Leeds, she told me about a girl called Libby. And uh, a few years ago, she invited a friend of hers to DTI because she knew that Jesus loved her and that she was known by him. But not only that, she knew that Jesus was for her friend. And he wanted to know her friend too. So she invited her to come along and Liz was telling me that Libby's friends started coming along to their youth group. And then she started exploring a relationship with Jesus. Now, two years ago, she gave her life to Jesus. And I think she might be here. Is she here? No? Yeah, she's here. And she's here with us this weekend. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? Guys, like, I'm, not, I'm not being funny here. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up in a moment. But if you, if you tell your friends about Jesus if you shine your light into their world, if you show them the love that Jesus has shown you, you could literally change their life. You could completely transform who they are, how they experience the world. You could give them that light that Jesus gives to us. And so just to finish up, I want us to just do one thing all together, collectively. And, um, and what I want us to do is I want us to, uh, to basically physically shine our light, just as a kind of signal to be like, you know what, Jesus, I'm up for it. I'm up for doing this. I'm up for shining my light for you. I think somebody over there has already got it, but um, we're going to do it in a moment. Hold on. We're going to do it in a moment, all right? And, um, and I just want you to think really quickly for a moment, okay, about... Uh, about your situation. Think about a friend. Think about a group of friends. Think about your family. Just think about somebody who you're like, you know what? I could shine my light in their life. I could shine my light in their situation. Think about that person. So, um, so for me, if I was to, to think about shining my light, I'd probably think about some of my friends who don't know Jesus. And so something that's really cool that I was properly excited about, a few weeks ago, I invited a couple of my friends to our church and, um, and, and they were so excited. They really actually wanted to come, which I was like, wow, you actually want to come? And they, and they came along and they absolutely loved it. And so now they're on the Alpha course at our church and they're exploring faith in Jesus, which is super duper amazing. I've been praying for that friend for six years and, um, and, and, and it's super cool, and, and so I was thinking about it, and I was like, actually, you know what, for me, that's me shining my light into their situation. It's up to Jesus if they come to know him and love him, but it's up to me to give them that opportunity to get to know him, and so that's me just shining my little light. Is it working? Yeah, it's working. So guys, I want you to think about that person and that situation. And if you're up for shining your light into that person's life, into that situation, I want you to shine your light right now. If you don't have a light, that's okay. Now guys, just going to be really, really quiet for a moment, just really quiet for a moment, okay? Guys, look around you. What would the world be if every single one of these people that was shining a little light went back out and shone that light in their homes? oh man, how could we make a difference to people's lives? What could we do if we shone this light back at home? And guys, I am, um, yeah, keep keep your light up. But if you're somebody who, um, who maybe doesn't know Jesus yet, you've maybe thought about it over the weekend, but you've not done it. I want you to, to look around, like if you're, if you're up for it, you could join us. Because this light isn't just our light, it's Jesus' light and we're just letting it shine out of us. So if you're somebody who wants to know Jesus, you don't know him yet, then maybe why don't you turn your torch on as well? Come join us. Come get involved. Come be part of it. Because guys, this is the thing that I want us to remember as we go home tonight. If your arm is aching like mine, you can put your phone down, it's okay. Oh, it's all over. But guys, the thing I want you to remember as you go home tonight, is that you are the salt of this earth and you are the light of the world. And actually, guys, listen now, you will never find yourself alone in the darkness. And what we need to remember is that as we go home today, we're people that go home with the light and the hope of Jesus inside of us. So guys, I've got a question for you. Are you up for it? Are you ready for it? Are you going to go for it with your friends? Are you going to tell them about Jesus? Are you going to pray for them in your classrooms? Yeah? Are we going to do it? Awesome.